0: The Mental Wealth Podcast hosted by Justin Little is proud and honored to announce that we are now sponsored by BetterHelp.com. During hard times, it can get really difficult if you don't have anyone to talk to. Being alone with your thoughts can be an isolating feeling that can allow negativity to consume you. I know for me personally, this past year of 2022 has been one of the toughest years of my life. In fact, many of us throughout the pandemic have experienced more mental health concerns than ever before. For me personally, having someone that I can trust to talk to, to give me the therapy that I need has made me feel better and allowed me to cope. That is why I am proud to be sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp has customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Then you schedule secure video and phone sessions, plus you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. You can request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. So many people use BetterHelp that they are currently recruiting additional therapists on all 50 states. Get 10% off of your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Mental Wealth. That's BetterHelp.com slash Mental Wealth. Go get that 10%. And most importantly, take care of yourselves. Welcome. I'm Justin Little, host of the Mental Wealth Podcast, available on Apple, Spotify, and Google, and now heard in 31-plus countries worldwide. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, follow, and share this podcast, and feel free to leave us a review. To support us, find us on Instagram at Mental underscore Wealth Podcast, and be sure to visit our brand new website, www.MentalWealthPodcast.org. That's www.MentalWealthPodcast.org. If you'd like to support us financially, be a guest, or sponsor an episode, please email us at contacttmwp.org at gmail.com. As always, please take the time to invest into your mental health, wealth, and well-being. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Justin Little, and you're listening to The Mental Wealth Podcast. With another episode of the Mental Well Podcast, I'm your host Justin Little here with a brand new guest, my man Fonz. How you doing, brother?
1: I'm blessed, brother. Woke up this morning. That's a blessing that we all overlook. So, and I can make sure I never do. But yeah, man, I'm good, man.
0: Now, you when you doing? say when you say you're blessed and i'm gonna answer your question in a second that's important that we, we check in with each other when you say you're blessed and you're good you do you really mean it because i ask that because a lot of times we ask someone how they're doing and usually the first thing they say isn't really how they're doing so i just had to gonna ask that again just to double check
1: absolutely the thing is i have to practice what i preach so if i'm not doing good the people i'm trying to help is not mm-hmm. doing good they're not going to get uh, you know the full effect of me so i got to make sure I'm doing, you know, my self-care. I'm doing, you know, everything. So so that's what, it's always a reminder for me whenever people ask me that, is to remind myself that every day is a blessing. So no matter what comes comes out, like, you know, if we have a bad day or a good day, we're still blessed to be able to to experience. So that's a minimum of a blessing right there.
0: I love that. I love that, In the answer to your question, I'm doing well, I'm doing okay. It's interesting how we start the bar at okay like there's so many things above okay in my opinion like i'm okay i'm like that's kind of towards the bottom of it um so i I like to say i'm well i'm well
1: Well, i like that i like that i'm glad that you're well happy happy uh what's today tuesday wednesday today's tuesday yes
0: It is a tuesday man tuesday so i know we we've connected obviously in person a few times last weekend in new york the weekend before that in philly we talked on the phone before and we we've been connected on social media for a little while through our mutual friend doug reed and some of the work that you've done with blackman hill that we'll get to but where i like to always start fonds with my interviews and my conversation i really appreciate understanding someone's origin story right like we we you talked offline about you being born in new york Just talk to me about what was it like for you growing up? What was your youth like? What were some of your challenges? What was that family life like for you?
1: Absolutely. Um, I was born and raised in New York. Um, I was raised in Staten Island, New York, Um, so-called Park Hill. Uh, If you're familiar with the Wu-Tang Clan, Shaolin, that's where I grew up. Um, It was an underprivileged area um i grew up to immigrant parents um from west africa liberia came over here from the civil war looking for an american dream what they found was an american nightmare because to being african in the, in the 80s and 90s was not the funnest thing for them so um so you know growing up was was definitely great you know because we actually had a, a very i was in a liberian community so um, my family's from from Liberia, and growing up in that community, it never felt like you were poor or anything like that. But you you know you knew that you know you couldn't get everything you wanted. So, um, but you know the the, the the typical the typical inner city story. You know I um, didn't have a lot of opportunities, but I had a lot of potential. Um, and what happened was as I started you know going down the wrong path um i was given an opportunity to go to this boarding school for underprivileged youth called the milton hershey school and you know it's from it's in hershey pa and what it did was it took me out of that environment that you know did not help me grow and it put me into an environment that gave me opportunities and that was the first time i realized and and that interventions can change lives and that's why i do what i do now because yeah, I'm a product of intervention changing.
0: Okay, beautiful. Staten Island. Uh, when you okay. see, As soon as you said Staten Island, uh, the first thing I immediately thought of was Wu-Tang, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big hip-hop fan, so that's amazing. Because I think a lot of times when people talk about New York, they forget about Staten Island. Sometimes that's like the red-headed, red-headed stepchild, you know what yeah. I'm saying?
1: Yeah. No, it was, I mean, Staten Island, you know, Park Hill, that was, that was where Wu-Tang was at, you know what I mean? And it was always, always fun, like... Yo, it was fun when you're young, you would have like a Wu-Tang sighting. So, be like, yo, Cap Don is over there. Yo, you know, messing man over there. You got over there. So, so when we were young, we, that's who we looked up to because that's, you know, who got all the validation at that external validation. Yo, he's the man. He's the man. You know what I'm saying? The Wu-Tang or, you know, if you, you know, drug dealers or, or an athlete, those are the three people that as a young black man you saw was successful. And those are ones that got the validation. So growing up, you think, okay, this, these are the three things that's going to give me that, that validation, like I belong. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was good growing up.
0: And you, you mentioned too, Fonz, like, you know, your roots to Africa, right? To Liberia. So talk, and you said you were in a Liberian community. So talk to me about mental health in that community. Is it a topic? Is it a thing? What, 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 what are the, some of those challenges? Because what I'm, what I've learned from talking to different people from different cultures, it's different depending on where you're raised, who you're raised by, as far as the, the access to mental health.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, growing up in the Liberian community, um, mental health didn't exist. You know, we didn't talk about our problems. We didn't talk about, you know, family, family business. We just, you know, swept it under the rug and pretend it wasn't there. So, um, that was like, you know, how, how it went because you also, you gotta realize a lot of the, the people, even in my Liberian community, they came over here from fleeing a civil war. So there was nothing but trauma that was going on and they didn't know how to deal with that. So they just, you know, they just swept it under the rug and kept it moving, which obviously is not the healthy, healthy piece. My brother was actually, one of my brothers actually came over here and he was a child soldier. Um And he was a child soldier, and he came over here and never really got the right treatment. i mean he still did he still did well growing up, but you know that were so much traumatic situations that was happening um you know and, and um it's a shame that you know now that we 're really talking about the mental health piece, but you know it really set you know our people back so so far.
0: And then what about you? Because what I'm curious is obviously you've explained really well the challenges within your community. So how does that affect Fonz growing up into your teens year? And obviously, of course, at some point you pivoted into the mental health space that we'll get to, but what was that like for you? Like growing up in a community where mental health wasn't a topic, what were some of your struggles or how how did you deal with, with some of that?
1: Absolutely. Well, I've always been emotionally intelligent so um i was able to to pick up on people's emotions but if you have that type of emotional intelligence and not without the knowledge of knowing what that is it becomes really confusing so you know i would have these mood swings and not even know why but it was because somebody next to me was in a bad mood so what happens is you start getting into either people pleasing or you get into just trying to avoid avoid the situation and um you know I always tried to make sure that you know the energy around me was good because I've always read energy, and and um, so so I had to self learn. You know what? You know, was it my emotions that I'm feeling this way, or is it is it this this person here, or is it this person here? And you know it you know it you know growing up as as you're trying to figure that out, it it creates so much emotional confusion. And um, you know I kept a lot of things to myself because. If you do not, if you're not, you don't grow up um, knowing about mental health, um, knowing about expressing yourself, because, you know, you're you're taught to be like, hey, you know, keep that in. You're you're a man, especially an African man. No, you know, you're not supposed to show no emotions. You're supposed to just smile, work, and that's it. So a person who had a lot of emotions, you got, you keep that in, but then it comes out in different ways. So, you know what I mean? So. It's 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 always uh, it was always a difficulty in that piece, but um you know but I, as I grew, I was able to to try to figure out what was my emotion and what was somebody else's.
0: Why, why do you think? Because obviously, based off what you described, the expressions like men don't cry, hold it in, tuck it underneath the rug, man up, sweep it underneath the rug, don't don't put our family. Family business out there. You've heard all those things. Absolutely. You're aware of those things.
1: Yeah.
0: How and why is that damaging to our community?
1: Cause what it does, it doesn't uh, really allow you to get to the root problem. It just puts a band aid over an infection. Right. Mm-hmm. And if c- certain things, yeah, you can, you can push through, you can pray about it, but certain things you, you really need that professional help. And, um, it stunts us because it doesn't allow us to, you know, to know, you know what our feelings are like. It doesn't allow us to, to be able to look at this trauma, look at this thing that's bothering us and work, work through it so we can be able to elevate. If not, you just you're just looking away. Then you start going to autopilot, and you start just going through the day to day. Before you know it, 20 years go by, and you're still doing the same things because that's what you're used to. Because you do know anything new is gonna may bring up that trauma, so um, it just keeps us in just a, a just a, a ceiling, an emotional ceiling, and and then becomes a you know financial ceiling and just a a status ceiling. So all that plays a part, and it keeps us. You know, at the bottom of the totem pole,
0: and then we see what happens in our community. I and mean, you, you yeah. kind of alluded to that earlier too. Like, it I always say when we bottle it up and keep it in as men in particular, it's gonna come out in some type of way, yeah. right? <laughs> and it's typically, I mean, the history is not not a good outcome for our people, at least. So,
1: listen, it's an energy. Any, every I talk about it all the time. You know, energy does not die; just transfers. That's the law of conservation of energy, and. The, the fact that we think that we can just, you know, you know, put it away and it's never going to come out. It just makes you, you know, defy physics because it's going to come out, but it's just going to come out. And it's something that you, you don't have control over. It's going to come out to just, you know, heavy drinking, heavy smoking, getting high all the time, um, putting holes in walls and putting holes in people and just, you know, nothing but just anger and aggression and all everything in between.
0: Yes, facts, all factual. So then, so we have a little understanding of your background, some of the challenges you faced in your community, but you were still able to to pivot and, and go into the mental health space, right? You alluded a little bit earlier as to some of the things that motivated you to do what you do now, but could you kind of a little, maybe dive deeper into what was your process? When did you have this realization that you wanted to be a therapist, that you wanted to go into these communities and actually help men and women uh, deal with their mental health?
1: Was not until later on in life because, um, again, I, I've I've always been good at giving advice. I've always been a person that people would, would go to vent to, and you know, I give I give that advice. I give some humor. I'm you know I'm big with humor, and people people love the energy that I always gave. Um, when I went into college, you know, I came in. I went to college a biology major. I was going to be a pediatrician. And then, uh, but I played football plus, you know, doing that, I, the time constraint was, was, was very difficult. So I had to make a choice either not be on the football team and keep my major or change my major and stay on the team. And I was like, listen, I love, I love my sports. So um, that psychology class that I took, it really, you know, um, I really was interested in it. And it spoke to me and, and I retained that information so well um and that was the first time me like really understanding like what psychology is um so i you know i I got the degree and after college i was like i need to get a job because actually i was gonna you know after football it didn't didn't work too well um um you know because i had some injuries then i wanted to be a rapper right (laughs) so so i wanted to i needed i needed to um fund my my rap career so I was like, I need to get a I need to get a job to figure out what I you know, um, to figure out how, you know, how to get money to, to be able to fund these things. And, you know, I, I got my first job as a therapeutic support staff, and I was just a direct one on one person. And then it just became too it just came too easy to me like, you know, being able to help, like a one person a kid dealing with um, an issue, you know, because it because that kid reminded me of myself. So, I was able to build build relationships really quick and change, this, change these kids' lives. And I started becoming better and better at it. And there's this um, quote by Pablo Picasso. And he said, <clears throat> The meaning of life is to find your gift, but the purpose of life is to give that gift away. So, I started finding my gift on just being able to heal. Um, and heal people, make them feel better. And so I had to figure out what can I do to give that away. And then, so I started to go in that field for therapy and, and I was able to be in a private practice at an early age, at the age of 25, I was able to, to start a private, at a private practice, which was great.
0: What, what challenges do you face as someone who's looked to, right? As a healer, you said you're good with speaking to people. You always were good at giving advice, right? It's natural. Uh, path down to now being someone's therapist, right? Where people are looking to you. I come to you I'm wounded. I need to heal I'm going through a storm and your job is to kind of direct me down the path to healing What type of responsibility does that put on you and how do you deal with some of those challenges that come come with that?
1: well earlier on uh, a challenge would be my 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 realization, I can't save everybody. Because because every, you know, at the end of the day, we call come in this field to to try to change the world um, and change people. But the only person that can change you is yourself. And some people aren't ready for that. And I had to realize that all I can do is give the the platform, I can give the instructions and give the motivation, but they're gonna have to really do the healing themselves. So I always tell people my my job is to work myself out of a job. My job is to give you the right things and skills necessary so when you're not seeing me, you can be able to to feel comfortable and confident to push through. So um that was my early on challenges. Now my challenge now is uh it's not enough of me. So um yeah. you know representation is so important, so that's why I, I try to be out there in the media. I try to, to show that fate, show my face for other individuals who have that potential to be a therapist, to, to help help others out, to, to break the stigma even of even a therapist, because there's a stigma of being a therapist. People think that if you're a therapist, you're one, you're not going to make any money. Um, you're you're going to be burnt out. You're going to be pencil pushing, and and you're you're not you're supposed to be a white woman. So I'm um, letting people know that. Listen, you can. You know, I I, I make a very good living. All my kids, all my kids, uh, they don't they don't need for anything. And and fortunately, my family, myself, and people around me don't need for anything either. From what from my from my uh, gift. So that piece is already a broken. You know, you know, a broken that stigma. And just again. You know, people can be like, hey, this this guy doesn't look like a typical therapist. I'm trying to change that. I want more people that look like me to to get into this field. Because when I was growing up, the only like I said, the only three people that I seen were the rappers, drug dealers, and, and athletes, and that's who got all the validation. So I'm like, okay, this is what I need to do to in order to get validation. So I'm letting people know you can get validation from from another field, from being a therapist. You could still do cool things, you so still you can still be who you are and you can help heal people.
0: I love that. I one of the first things you mentioned there was just the realization of not being able to save everyone because I know a tendency of anyone in a field, I mean, even you go to the medical side, doctors, they that's their job is to save people. So I understand that. You can't, you can't always do it. And that feeling of, man, when you lose someone, I've talked to therapists who maybe a patient took their own life or they went down another path and that really can mess with their brains. Like, could I do more? But I think that's important for you to realize as a therapist that you can't save everyone. You can do the best you can, but can't. And I think hopefully that realization helps you kind of navigate through your own mindfulness, your own mental health so that you don't put so much pressure on yourself.
1: Absolutely, you know that this this is a very you know a lot of people. Yet, I always tell people you have to be really trained to get to really get into this field um, because it, it 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 does get heavy at times if you're not um, well equipped. Because you know I, you know I've known, you know I've had a, you know uh, what, maybe nine clients that I've known in my in my that I've worked with in my past you know commit suicide, and you know that is one of the toughest things that you face as a as a therapist because you always think man you know maybe i should have reached out i should have did this but then you have to again that's why you have to really you know work on that that's that self-assessment and just knowing like listen you're doing what you can they it's gonna everybody's on their own journey so um i'm a big believer of that
0: so a lot of people go to therapy. Well, first of all, it's hard enough just to get people in, particularly in our community to look like us, just to agree to go through therapy. So that's a hurdle. And I think part of that starts with, you mentioned too, more, more people of color in that field, because if people like me see more people like you, there's a higher probability that I'll give it a chance. But I want to take it a step further because I feel like a lot of people will say, I tried therapy, but I don't think they always show up really ready to heal can you kind of give me your synopsis of what does someone need to do if they're going to come to therapy with you or any other licensed therapist what work do they need to be doing what what mind state do they need to be in in order to benefit from the therapy so that it can be potentially successful for them
1: yeah first i have to see that i'm if i'm the right fit for them a lot of times people you know um are scared away from therapy because they may not be with the right therapist because not every not every therapist for everybody so um you may have somebody who's much better with men than they are with women they must be better with kids than they are with um with with older individuals so you got to make sure you got the right you know fit so that's my first thing and i also let them know like listen i'm not going to work harder than you are if i feel like i'm working harder than you then then i'm going to address it because i should not be i should not be working so hard for you to change and you're just kind of chilling and and not doing so because then that just that just that's something we gotta reevaluate so it needs to be mutual you know you gotta want it and again sometimes some people they may not be ready. Like you know, we 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 try a couple sessions, and you know they they fall off, where they feel like it's not for them. All right, cool. And then sometimes they come back like a year or two later, and then they realize, all right, now I'm ready. And then that's when the the real change happens. I never force anybody to go to therapy. You know what I mean? Because sometimes they just not, may not be ready at that moment, and that's okay. And I think that's the best thing when people don't feel forced into this, because. This is, this is, this is for your own personal, your own personal growth. So.
0: Beautiful. I love that. I think people really need to hear that because mm-hmm. I, I want people to go to therapy, but I want them to go with a purpose. I want them to go yeah. with, with the purpose of trying to make it work. not just say, well, I checked the box. I went, well, mm-hmm. <laughs> did you do the work? And what you said there was beautiful. I tell them right. I should not be working harder than you. I'm here to help guide you, but I can't be putting in more work than you're doing because dennis this isn't going to work we have to be equally dedicated to your growth to you that's beautiful bro beautiful yeah man i appreciate it so mm-hmm. uh talk to me about we'll get to black men Hill, but you're affiliated with two huge organizations black men hill being one when it comes to mental health and healing also uh the boris henson is it boris henson Foundation. Boris henson Uh, Taraji P Henson, the famous actress that we all know of, uh, her foundation. Tell me first, let's start there. How did that relationship come to be? What's what are some of the things that you've you've done and partner with them on?
1: So um, a lot of these relationships really cultivated um, even right before the pandemic, right before (laughs) the pandemic, there was a big push for black mental health. Um, You know, I, I looked at this meme you know, maybe months prior to that. And I said, you know, black people go to jail, white people go to therapy. And that hit me hard because, you know, me being in private practice, the majority of people I was seeing did not look like me because I'm, I'm in a whole different socioeconomic status area. You know, I'm dealing with CEOs, lawyers, you know, all these really rich individuals making great money, but I wasn't feeling right. So so that's when after I, I saw that that meme, it took me by surprise and I realized that I was part of the problem. So because, you know, me, myself, with this representation and with this knowledge, the majority of people I'm seeing are not looking like me. So I was like, this has to change. But now everybody can either afford me or have access to me. So I had to really start looking at some different organizations that I wanted to team up with and partner with, um, to be able to give my services and my knowledge um, to, to my community without charging people, you know, you know, an, an obscene amount of money because, you know, they're not used to that. So um, I can't remember how the how the partnership began with with uh, the Boris Henson Foundation, I think it was just more of a, um, you know, they reached out to me, and um, I got worked on it, I got on their directory. And what what happened was this is i remember now the when the pandemic happened they the boys henson foundation was giving out free therapy to people in the u.s so they were doing a cohort they were giving out free five free sessions so then so i was able to to sign up with that and as soon as the next day i started getting email after email after email about 70 clients coming in needing to see me i'm like oh whoa I, I didn't sign up for this i'm like oh okay so all right the pandemic's just happening i'm like all right so i guess the people need me all right i'm gonna try and make it work and i did not even know i'm getting paid for this yet you know what i'm saying so like i'm just like all right these people all need me so i'm going i'm reaching out to everybody like boom boom boom, hey what's going on i'm here to help you out and after i, I reached out to like my, my my 30th person I get a call from the firm, um one of the individuals from the foundation and It was like stop everything stop what you're doing this was this was you know you weren't supposed to get all these people i'm like oh okay well thank god first of all but um <laughs> but i was like listen i was ready you know what i mean like and I, I already scheduled like 30 you know 30 of these people and they loved that i was out doing that action right there to be able to help out as many people as possible and i af- you know after that they kind of kept you know put that in the back of their mind And so whenever there was any, you know, I started growing a good relationship with them. So whenever there was any type of like, you know, um, you know, you know, cohorts or any type of like speaking situations, they would reach out to me. And and then we started building up after that. And um, I was able to do, you know, do a lot of uh, uh, campaigns with them Um, and it just continued to grow because I I just love what they were doing nationally. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's that's how I started with the Boris Hansen Foundation. So I do a lot of just um, mental health outreach, mental health education, and then the occasional um, uh, uh, clients from here and there, here to there.
0: Okay, it's beautiful, man. Congrats on on that partnership because we've heard a lot of things about the great work that Taraji and, oh, yeah. and her foundation Tracy. have been doing. Tracy Jade, she's
1: the executive director. Okay. She's the one that that um that really runs it, and you know. Okay. Shout out to Tracy. She's um, you know, she does a really good job um making sure uh the foundation is up and running and, and people are getting the help they need. And
0: Dude. and I also
1: do I also do some work with the Acoma project with uh, okay. Dr.
0: Alfie.
1: Shout out to Doctor uh, Alfie. Yeah, shout out to Dr. Alfie. Um, you know, I'm one of the providers that what, what she does is she, you know, they, they provide free therapy for for younger individuals, um, so I was able to to do do a couple cohorts of with that, and you know that that's a great foundation as well. So I'm ha- I'm, I'm here to help out as much as possible. So,
0: and yeah, we were with Dr. Alfie to past weekend at the Mental Wealth Expo. We know she's partnered with Charlemagne and mm-hmm. the uh, Coma Project and the Mental Wealth Alliance. So that's a phenomenal job too. And then Blackman Hill, also an organization that was there, we opened up talking about how we we met in person. I think the first time at the at the uh the uh black men need hugs events that you spoke at in Philly. And then of course they had a breakout session the next weekend at the New York um at Charlemagne's joint and you also spoke in there amongst some other brothers that we know, Doug Reed and Reggie, shout out to Taz, all the people. So tell us how that partnership came to be and tell us about some of the work that you've been doing with Black Men Hill as well.
1: Yeah, I'm am you know that's one of the organizations I'm really, really dedicated with um it, it, when they, as they were, continue to grow, um, I, tra- I reached out with Taz. I think there was an article and in, um, in, in, that my wife sent me actually, and she was like, "You're talking about, you know, pushing, doing as much for for, for black men and, and and black and black people." Here, boom, here's an article. I was like, "Oh, okay." So, <laughs> so I gotta give a shout out to my wife for for um, giving me that info, and I reached out to Taz and we talked for like three hours you know, first time we talked, we talked for three hours and she was just kind of just saying like, you know, seeing what my goals and aspirations were. And, and we talked for a long time and, and it was a, just a great fit. And I said, listen, you know, whatever I need to do to help out, um, I'm, I'm here, I'm here to help out, whether if it's for speaking situations, whether it's for seeing clients, whether it's just for, for just guidance on just, you know, how the mental health field works, because I'm, I'm on, I'm in the business side of the mental health as well. Um, so I'm here to help out. So, um, so we, you know, that, that's when that started. And then when the pandemic hit and the George Floyd, uh, murder happened, it really, really put us really close together just because we were like, yo, we gotta do something. And, you know, talking with, you know, D Reed and Reggie and, um, when they, when they created the King's Corner, I was, I was one of the first speakers of the King's Corner because um, I loved the idea that they were talking about um, because there were so many men coming in that needed therapy, but there just wasn't enough providers. There just wasn't enough opportunities. So we're like, you know, they're like, what can we do with all these men? So they came up with that and they talked me about it. I'm like, I loved it, you know, and, and um, I, I was helping with the speaking situations there early on, and I'm just so proud of them and how it's grown you know it's really yeah. growing and it's, it's consistent and you know there's a lot of men that's really um helping from that so um yeah. black men is one of the organizations that i you know I, I will make sure it continues to grow and flourish um i did a partnership with, with snipes usa which is um a urban that. clothing brand and um we did a um a mental health collections of fitted fitted hats and the, half of the proceeds are going to black men heal so you know whatever i can do to continue to make sure this is running,
0: I'm going to do. That's beautiful. You know, I've had a chance to do some work with them and partner with them. And I've I've gone to, I went to the Philly event. I went to the one in Atlanta. They've done Atlanta, Baltimore, Atlanta, Chicago, and Philly. And then of course in New York on their tour. And of course they have their virtual space as well that you were alluding to. I was impressed with the fact that there was a lot of older men there. Absolutely. Right. There was men when I would there, like, you know, there's some brothers in my, my bracket There's people a little bit younger, but I saw men in their 50s, 60s. Because D Reed always opens up and says, Hey, what, what gen are you? What gen are you? And it's interesting to see there be some, Oh, like I look at him as an OG, but then there'd be some people that he look at OGs. as OGs, OG yeah. OGs in there. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like, this is amazing. And then even him sharing his personal story about how you being his therapist helped yeah. him in his fifties, you know, as a father going through things. So talk to me about just how important it is. Obviously we want to impact the youth and I'm proud of the work that you're doing with the kids too, but how is that impacting these older brothers who grew up with some of these traditions and generational traumas that we're trying to get rid of. And yet they're showing up ready to heal and they 50s, 60s, 70s having this authentic conversation. What's that like?
1: It's, it's, it's probably one of the reasons why I continue doing what I'm doing. I'm um, just seeing these these older black men, you know, cuz I you know my even, you know I didn't have I don't have a really didn't have a really good relationship with my father and my father passed on passed away a, a couple years ago as well. Um so, you know, if he would have, you know, seen, you know, black men heal and everything like that, I think uh he would he would go and I think it would help with his healing as well. So, I think about that and I think about um just how powerful a message, a word, um, you know, what we're doing, you know, it can be just to, just to change the, the dynamic of us as black men. Um, we're again, we're a population that, that needs therapy the most, but would at least like it to seek it. And, you know, seeing these older men, um, these patriarchs and families, um, to, you know, come, come here to really get that change. It's, it's, it's one of the most powerful things. And, um, we're going to continue seeing that grow and, and we're going to continue seeing how powerful that is because, you know, being in a room of, with a black men, not wanting to kill each other, mm-hmm. not having beef, not, no, no bad tension, but just, just positive healing energy. It's, it's probably one of the, the best rooms I, I'm, I'm ever in you know, man. and, and, you know, I can, I can go on and on about it, but it's,
0: it's, yeah. it's like. Philly was different, man. Philly was huge. And then even yeah. New York, I remember we st- I looked at Doug last week and I was like, man, where everybody at? Cause it was the first breakout room. We were looking for people. So we went over there to the DJ and said, yo, Hey, I need you to make this announcement. People started pouring in. And, of course, I had the privilege. I was a volunteer along with, you know, your publicist. And I had to, like, go get an event stay. Yo, we need more chairs. We need more. And there was women pulling up in there. Man, it, now it was hot. It was hot. It was a little hot. It was hot. But, look, it was standard room. Only probably about 70, 80 people didn't fit in there to do their version of, of Black Men Need Hugs. I mean, I thought that was extremely powerful because we, we weren't sure they poured in there and i had to do bring two sets of extra chair and it still wasn't enough but they was in there supporting bro and you got a chance yeah. to, to to pop in there and, and say a few words to along with you know david mcculler of course reggie and Doug. that was yeah. just that was powerful yeah. seeing yeah. that man
1: absolutely no it it's it was it was such a powerful thing um and i'm, I'm so i'm so i'm so happy to to be part of this that organization um yeah. And it, it's, you're gonna continue seeing this, you know, just the growth of not only organization but the growth of you know black men and emotional intelligence, man. So it's a great
0: yeah, thing. Of course, man. Shout out to Black Men Heal. So where I want to get to, too, a, f- a few more things for you. I want to jump to the book, though. You got a book coming. So absolutely, absolutely. So let's talk about the book. Uh, you're an author. This is yeah. something that we, we we talked about a few months ago. Tell us the name of the book. What inspires you to write the book? What can we expect uh, with this new book coming out?
1: Absolutely. So, anybody knows me, they know I talk about energy. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Cuz it's just it's just something I've always been about, you know, cuz nonverbal communication is uh, the majority of our communication. And nonverbal communication is just reading somebody else's energy. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of times we you know, we we wonder why we're so drained at the end of the day. And it's not from what we're eating, it's not from you know, what what we're doing is it's who we're around and, and a lot of times, you know, we put our energy into things that's not a good investment in us or people that's not a good investment in us. You know, I call those people who've been negative for so long. They suck the energy from you to fuel themselves. I call them emotional vampires and, wow. you know, and I've always talked about this, even in my therapy sessions, but I realize not everybody's going to be able to have therapy with me. So. This is my, that's the reason why I wrote this book. So it's pretty much like a therapy session, okay. you know, a bunch of therapy sessions with me. It's called, uh, not worth my energy. Cause you have to think, you know, think of some things that, you know, that you've put your energy into and you're constantly putting your energy into and you're not getting anything back and you're just feeling drained, you know, and this this right here is a great awareness builder to allow you to to know that hey you maybe you need to take a step back and reevaluate you know is this is this person worth my energy is this situation worth my energy and it's just little tips and some stories and and just a great enlightenment to help you with the not worth my energy movement because this is a movement it's not only a book this is a movement this is a lifestyle this is what i want people to to live by to see okay is is this person worth my energy? Is this job worth my energy? I gave I, I an example, you know, at the, the at the Expo, you know, just about, you know, if I gave you ten thousand um, dollars, you know, if, if I told you to invest ten thousand dollars in Blockbuster Video 30 years ago, you would look at me and be like, yeah, absolutely. Blockbuster Video is a great investment. But if I told you to invest ten thousand dollars in Blockbuster Video now, you look at me like I'm crazy and You have to realize that, you know, even something just because something back then had a lot of value does not mean it kept its value over time. And that's just the amount of energy. That's what people, that's what jobs, you know, we hold on to, you know, relationships that, you know, we're thinking about how it was back then. You know, this person changed my life 20 years ago. But okay, what have they been doing five years ago, two years ago, one year ago? And we're ignoring that and wondering why we're frustrated and, and, and drained and just upset. So this right here is just an awareness builder that you have to, you know, protect your energy. You have to assess to see what, you know, what's worth it. So I have that book, but I also when have is that coming out. Book. Um, that's going to be no release in, in, in the in the next, the next two weeks or so Okay. This is going to kill me for, for saying that, but, uh, it's all over two weeks. So um, in the next the next um, next two weeks or so, um, it should be it's gonna be coming out on Amazon. You can get that on Amazon and also on my website at Fonzatherapist.com. Okay. okay. Along with the self-care box that I have right here.
0: What's What's in that box? Let's look at that. What's What's in
1: that? Not worth my energy. Okay. Right. Okay. You know, not worth my energy. Take I love eat, that. Inhale. Inhale. Exhale. Exhale. Right? So. This is the box. It's gonna have the book. It's gonna have one of my favorite quotes right here, and it says, "Self care looks selfish to those who only value you when you're selfless or only like you." When you self- so that's a, that's a bar right there.
0: That's yeah. That's a, a yeah, mic drop.
1: So what it does is it has it. It a. Um, one second. Yeah. It has a shirt right here as a reminder. Not worth my energy. I'm actually gonna be sending this to you. So you're going to have okay. this whole box as well. So now you with my know. energy shirt, as a reminder, hey, you know, got to make sure got to protect your energy. Got a water bottle okay. right here. Protect your energy. Got a candle, which is lavender and sage.
0: I <sighs> love a candle,
1: man. Absolutely. And then I also have these affirmation post-its right here. So affirmation post is really important because I'm, from one of my homeworks, I always tell people to write one positive posting a day. And you put it on a post it you stick it on your stick it on your mirror, stick it on a wall as a reminder and sometimes so this is a great way to remind yourself. Hey, you know, let's 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 do this challenge. Let's do a daily positive affirmation for yourself as a reminder of all the positive things that's going on. That's that's going to happen in life. So that's that's
0: dope. And then that's I can't wait till you get. oh, 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 what's that?
1: No, it's just then this is just the box, the self
0: care box. Oh, okay, yeah, the box is dope, man. I love that color, bro. I like the design, bro. Like, I know that box smells good too with the, oh, cans, yes, the can. <laughs> the <It> smells- <laughs> can, man, that's gonna be killer because you gonna have your book, you gonna I mean, have the box, got- man. You are going on your speaking engagements, man. You gonna have, have them lined up, man. They gonna they gonna be selling like, you know what I'm saying? That's great. That's great, man.
1: Absolutely. And and it's not even about the reality facts. Not even about like you know the money wise or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's just about. I want to give people reminders as much as possible on how they can their life can change you don't you don't have to stay where you're at you know what i mean you can continue to grow the only person that's stopping you is yourself so um a lot of times we feel that people have all the power our power but in reality you have that power and you have the ability to see who you want to give you know you want to give that energy to so you know your boss your 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 relationship at the end of the day, you make you make that choice at the end of the day.
0: That's dope, bro. That's dope, man. Wishing you nothing but success with that book, Not Worth My Energy, The Care Box. And they'll be able to get that online as well and order that stuff from you. Um, and we'll have you link. And at the end, when we finish in a second, I'll make sure we get all your websites and uh, your social media for everyone to get in contact with you. But one of my last questions for you, brother, we talked a lot about your your life, things that you've done, gone through, your experience in helping others heal. But one thing I want to come back to is, and you talked a little bit about it for a second earlier, self-care. Because you just mentioned it with with your box. So what I want to know is, how does Fons take care of Fons, right? Where where do you go? What is your space? What is your safety net, your self-care when it's time to take care of you? Because you do a lot of helping other people. I want to know, how do you help you?
1: Absolutely. I do many things. One, I I have to work out. So every, you know, okay. every morning I get up, I would say I usually get up around like 530 or so. So for a good, good, uh, a good half an hour, half an hour, um I, I work, I do first, I do some meditation in the morning time. And then for like a half an hour, then the next half an hour to 45, I, I go to my home gym and I, I work out and I have, cause I have to get that energy out. That's how I have to start my day um, to get that going. Um, also, <clears throat> just the people that's around me. I always have to reevaluate the the amount of you know negative energy or positive energy that's that's just around me so my my wife is my great backbone um she's my great confidant um you know she helps me balance ideas of, of just off of everything spending time with my kids understanding about quality over quantity um my business my business partner who's also a therapist we 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 also give you know kind of we 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 therapize each other. You know I mean Um, when it's time to vent and then also um, I do my own therapy so once a month I I go see a therapist because you need to be able to to get that to get that out there Um, you need to be able to recalibrate and um, to be able to again there's a lot of just stressors that's going on that you need to be able to to let somebody else help you with so do that I try to eat well um, pray and again um I live by you know quality over quantity and everyone's on their own journey. So a lot of times when people hit you up they're like I need you to help me I need you to do this I need you to do that. You know, if I if if I if I feel like it's not something I'm able to do, I'm like listen, this person's on their own journey. I, I can be able to help them a certain a certain, a certain amount of times, a certain way, but but um you know, I can't be able to help help everybody. So,
0: yeah, I think saying no might be saying no, might be one of the greatest forms of self-care might be one of the best words ever is the power to say no. And, uh, I also love to your point, just, I mean, it's not to be remiss, but something Jay said last week and Jay's know, buddy of mine's a mentor of mine's he was like, I, you know, and he's a therapist like you. He says, if your therapist don't have a therapist, <laughs> you might need a new therapist. Cause y'all are y'all are holding so many things yourselves, too. And y'all need somebody to go talk to and vent and get things off your chest because you're busy absorbing everybody else. If you got a therapist, like I think someone said it's like if you went <laughs> we went to the barber to get a haircut and his edge up all messed up, or you, the 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 girl that's supposed to braid your hair, her hair all I'm like, wait like. Exactly. you you gotta you know you gotta you gotta lead by examples i think that's powerful brother that you you making sure that you're taking time out for yourself man.
1: yeah yeah i he um jay was actually one of the people I, I i would really um um lean on in the beginning you know what i mean so he's yeah. definitely a um a great um a great uh you know individual to kind of help bounce ideas off of so you know, I think everybody we have. There's so many people in this field that yeah. um, I'm really happy and excited for, um, and every, every all the work that they're doing. So it's uh, i am I'm I'm excited where where this field's going, man. It's just going to continue to grow.
0: Shout out to Jay, man. So let them know, Fonz. But where can they find you? How can they support you? Social media, websites, all that good stuff, brother. Absolutely.
1: <clears throat> um, Hit me up on Instagram at Finds the Therapist with a P H O N Z. Um, TikTok finds the Therapist or as a yeah. TikTok finds a therapist. Um, just Google Alfonso Nathan finds a therapist. Brightside Medical Associates. If you're if you're looking for any therapy or medication management, um, finds a for all updates and in my book and and all my self care boxes. Anything. So just Google Alfonso Nathan and you'll be able to reach me.
0: I got you, brother. And look, I just before we get you out of here, it's a pleasure to have you on here. Absolutely. I just want to affirm you. And what you're doing, my brother, pouring to you just for a quick second because it's so important. I enjoy what I do because I get a chance to talk to people like you and to meet people like you, Jay, Doug, everyone I could go on, the people that have impacted me because it's made me a better man before, podcaster, and the stuff I do in my own world, it's made me a better person. So just, I'm so glad to just, to to, to sit down with you finally and talk to you and learn from you. And I just want to affirm you and who you are and what you mean to the community and just wish you nothing but success and love and and peace and good energy right yes. on your That's on your right. journey brother <laughs> good energy yeah.
1: i appreciate you brother i appreciate you taking Pleasure the time having talking, you on, man. Man. yes sir amen
0: so next time brother oh man man oh man appreciate you my, my big brother Fonz coming on the pod like i said on that episode man it's been a labor of love trying to get with my brother uh on the podcast he's a busy man but we just happen to be in person with each other twice within the last two weeks, and uh, we nailed down some dates. So I was so glad to have you on there. And just as we wrap up, I won't keep this outro too long, but there were a lot of points that he mentioned that were really, really great that you heard us talk about. But one of the foremost points that I particularly related to, and I hope that anybody in the mental health space, whether you're a therapist, you're a psychologist, you, you know, you're a professional, or maybe an advocate, like myself, or crisis counselor, a coach, whatever you're doing to help uh, people, help yourself, and to help other people. Coming to grips with the fact that you can't save everyone, because when you are a healer, when you are in a position of helping people and taking care of people, naturally we wanna we wanna do just that. We wanna help everyone get to where they need to go, but unfortunately we can't. And I know personally, I've related uh, in ways where there's people from my audience, people from my community on Clubhouse that have messaged me and I just don't have the bandwidth all the time to reach back out and and to, to, to be there for each and every one of them, or even there'll be stories in the media of people I don't know of popular people or public figures who will take their own lives. And I'll sit there like, man, like, I just wish I could have had a chance to maybe talk to them or beat them and maybe just reach out and 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 just tell them that they weren't alone, you know? And sometimes I, I do feel those feelings of like, man, I just wish I could do more. But in this space, part of our own journey individually, and you, hear, you heard him talk about him going to therapy, him having a support system, the things that he does for self-care, that's so, so important, folks, because we just can't save everyone. We can't be all things to everyone, and that's okay. Do what we can. Do what's within our bandwidth. One thing that someone told me, I heard this. I can't even remember where it was. I don't know if it was in on my clubhouse room or somewhere, but they we always say don't pour from an empty cup, right? Right. In other words, the, the, the meaning of the saying is, hey, you know, you need to fill yourself up before you can pour into others. And the concept makes sense. But this lady said something different to help me to think about it from a different perspective. She says, don't even pour from a full cup. Pour from your surplus. Right. So we were to illustrate if you were to think about you are filling up a glass with water, right? Think about filling it up with water and it overflowing into another basin, right? So maybe there's a, a cup, a bigger cup, and then there's a smaller cup within that. Imagine taking a smaller cup and filling that water until it overflows and then the basin or the other vessel, utensil catches the extra. We should always make sure that our cup is full, that we regulate ourselves, take care of ourselves, be intentional. And then give to others out of what's left. What is, what's the extra? If we think from that perspective, we'll stay balanced and ensuring that we get what we need and then whatever we have left to give to other people, then that's what we can give. And we can rest assured no matter what space you're in, no matter what you're doing in life, that you are enough, that you're giving your best. And even sometimes you doing everything you can still means that we may not fully accomplish our goals, but that's okay. What a wonderful life lesson from my good brother, Bondsman. y'all make sure y'all tap in with him links in the bio links in the bio right now, man, what an episode number 57 on the mental wealth podcast. Y'all make sure y'all tap in, subscribe, rate the podcast, support the brand and also support my good brother, Fonz. And check us out on Instagram as well, because some of these clips, uh, some of these highlights from this conversation um, are out right now on the Mental Wealth Podcast Instagram page. Leave you with this. Uh, one of them, I talk about We The Urban, I end almost every episode with affirmations from them. I love this particular post because it says, not sure who needs to hear this, but dot, dot, dot. And it goes on to give a bunch of gyms, so we're going to get you out of here on this. Again, thank you so much for tuning in to episode number 57 of the Mental Wealth Podcast. Grateful for all that has come and grateful for all that is left. Whatever had to go was not mine. Prioritize. Prioritize ease, alignment, peace, discipline, your privacy, healing, mindfulness, processing time, good sleep your mental health, prioritize yourself. Let people be who they are and adjust your proximity accordingly. Acceptance is peace. Best friends are soulmates too. Seasonal depression hits different once the weather starts changing. Be patient with yourself. I release, I release it all, worry. The fear of letting go, the fear of being seen, the fear of success, the fear of change, self pity and shame, resentment and hate, over explaining myself, all low vibrational habits, negative thought spirals, punishing myself for mistakes, all stress about the past or future, the urge to control what I cannot, all self sabotaging behaviors limiting beliefs that do not serve me, all attachments to perceived outcomes, everything I have outgrown, myself from overthinking, the past and welcome new things, all blockages from my life I release. Everything is going to be okay. Everything is going to work out. Invest in yourself. Invest in your craft. Invest in your ideas, invest in your growth. You are forever changing. Just make sure it's for the better. Not sure who who needs to hear this, but. And here's our final affirmation. I express so much gratitude for waking up today. I accept that sometimes the things that I thought I wanted ultimately do not align with or serve my greater purpose. I trust my path is unfolding as it should. I release any feelings of unworthiness. I let go of who wants to leave, and I exist in perfect flow. I accept outcomes easily. I am safe. I am protected. I am healthy. I am okay. I wish all of you light, love, peace, happiness, and most importantly, I hope that all of you are protecting your energy.